Because I think it's something like Heroes for Hire that they always try and kind of jump back into. Or like when mm-hmm. they just team Luke and Danny up and it's like, yeah, it was great for the 70s or whenever it came out, but it's like now it just doesn't hit the same. I don't think people are interested in purchasing heroes to do work anymore. Mm. I think they wanted to see them do it. You know? A, I can see that. People ain't got no money. Well, I got money. I don't got no money to own a hero. That's always kind of like messed up. Can you imagine going around saving people? All right, $30. All right. <laughs> what if I ain't got it? It's like, well, <laughs> guess you're not going to Could you imagine being on the other side, though, and you're the hero, and it's like, I'm charging you the $100, and they're like, oh, well, can I Venmo you the rest? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All I got is 20 Can I Venmo you the rest? Yeah, like, I'll take your phone instead. How about that? Okay, yeah. Or I'm just going to put this cat back in the tree. How about that? <laughs> 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 Hello everybody. Welcome back to another relaunch. We're your host. I'm the oh um oh you know what? I'm gonna be the I'm going to be Casper from Seven Secrets. So you need to actually be reading Seven Secrets to know who Casper is. That's like a hint okay. that you should be reading Seven Secrets. Okay. <laughs> and I am Mr. Dick Grayson Nightwing back in blue. I'm sorry. To hear that. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Welcome back. How are you this I am good. You know, I've been really uh, crazy busy with work, um, but that's just life. Still okay. been kicking it, playing, playing my PlayStation 5. I've been working my way through um, Witcher 3. Mm. So but This game is long, though. <laughs> like, oh, my damn. God. So. That's what I was about to say. So it was like, I played The Witcher 3, um, because, you know, it got, like, all those really great reviews and everything like that. And I did not finish that game whatsoever. I think I got maybe, like, 10%. And I was like, I have been playing this game for, like, a month and a half at this point. Right. And I was like, damn, I'm still nowhere near finished. So I just kind of gave up. And it was crazy because I knew this guy. He told me he beat it, like, three times. And I said, that's ridiculous. Yeah, one, my best friend this. told me he beat it twice. And I was like, How? But it also made me realize that while I do like an open world RPG, I don't like my world like that open. Mm, I like, I kind of like when I kind of like a Dragon Age where when you hit a certain point, (laughs) your characters can't move anymore. It's like (laughs) you need to turn back around. (laughs) Yeah, I need that invisible wall. When it's just like you just walking for days, I'm just like, all right, I gotta come. Yeah. So good luck with that. Um, I thought, well, no, I put it on the back burner for a little bit because <laughs> I've also been <laughs> I've been replaying uh, Kingdom Hearts because I mm-hmm. bought Kingdom Hearts three and never played it. So I've I'm never like, let me replay the first game. You know they are fun, but confusing as hell. Do I can mm-hmm. I tell you what the story is about? No. Sure. Something about the Heartless. <laughs> <Am> I, <laughs> why do I play it? Because the Disney stuff is fun. Okay. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. I always like hear people talking about the keys and like <laughs> yeah. cool giant keys and they have them up on their wall. And I know it's like really cool. popular because everyone's always talking about like this next Kingdom Hearts game that's supposed to come out that I don't think has come out. Um, but I don't know. I think they die. 
Well, not good for them, but... Have you um, caught up with Young Justice? Yes. Did you watch it all? Okay. Yeah, because they, cause they're on a break right now, right? They're on a break. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched it. Good stuff. It's Great nice. stuff. It's How did you good. feel about um, Zatanna's arc? I thought it was cool. I didn't really feel like there was as much Zatanna in it as I would have liked. But mm. I do appreciate, like, the rest of the crew. Like, I like all those characters. Mary, her story arc was cool. Uh, Khalid. Mary was Tracy. Dope. They were all great. I did like how it kind of ended, though, with Zatanna. Like, I think a lot of times in comics, people try to portray her as, like, this perfect character, even though she's, like, very obviously not. She does a lot of messed up stuff. Remember when she erased Batman's mind? It was, like, a really big thing. Yes. <laughs> she, is, uh, <laughs> she is not, like, morally good. She no, will do whatever she's she... not. And like most I really like her. Yeah, and I feel like this arc really, like, emphasized that and reminded you of that because I feel like Zatanna's a very likable character. And because she's so likable, yeah. you kind of get wrapped up in it and then, like, she does something messed up and it's just like, oh, damn. Like, you kind of messed up. But I still she's really like magic you. girl. <laughs> do what it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I did notice that uh, the coolest character of that magic arc was the superhero. Mary? Just saying. Mary was dope, yeah. But she still used magic, so it's like it didn't matter. We know we know what she was. They called her a superhero in the show. Well, but you know, that was a really good arc for her too, and I'm excited. I don't so I don't know. Did you ever read like that whole like Dark Miss Marvel, Mary Marvel story in DC? No. Mm-mm. So it was. Like, I was never big into the, like the Shazam family. I liked some of them, like Osiris, I think, and um, there was another black like Black Adam, like Junior. They were kind of cool, but. Yeah, I really got into them. Like I that. remember him because I think he was like a titan for a little bit during the um, yeah. Arc. Well, I also was never really big into the Shazam family like that, but I do really remember this arc of Mary Marvel getting possessed by Eclipso or something like that, and so she went dark. She had on this little black skirt, long sleeve costume with the lightning bolt thing. One of the hottest costumes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, yes. And there's, like, this one cover of her, and she's, like, kind of, like, flying up in the air, and, like, her arms are thrown back. And I guess she, like, said Shazam or something, so the lightning's coming down and striking her, and, like, her body is black and white, but you really, like, just see, like, emphasis on the costume and the lightning strike. Beautiful. Beautiful. I stand okay. just because of that. Can't tell you much else. <laughs> I stand because of that. Here for the costume. Always. Um, and speaking of, let's go ahead and get to these comics. And starting off with our first issue is Seven Secrets number 13, that you guys should be reading. And this has, like, been back from its hiatus that it was on. Tom Taylor writes it. Danielle D'Anucco continues on the art. And it just, like, continues a really great story. I don't know if you remember in the last issue, Casper was, like, flying. He saved everybody, and they were kind of freaked out about it. And so this issue that starts with him doing his narration, he's like, I'm Casper, I've done this, this, and this. I know these people. He's like, this is the story of how I died. And it shows this big splash page of him with his head cut off and, like, his mom over his body crying. And he's like, I can't tell you what happens after this for obvious reasons, but I can tell you how we get up to it. And we run into him and all the folks he's with 
uh, that are a part of the like holders on the secret keeper side. And his mom's been shot. She's losing blood. So he's like, you need to tell me what's going on. And like, why can I fly? And I was raised by the fairies. And what is all this stuff about me? And she's like, I can't tell you anything yet. And then on the other side, you have Kanto and Amon, who they just killed my girl Laquisha last issue. They are now looking into one of the secrets. And they see like all these different futures. And apparently Casper is a big deal in one of these futures and he needs to die. So Amon's like, I'm, we need to go and kill him. Somebody's like, I can't really kill him. He's like, well, if you can't do it, at least don't stop me as I go to do it. And they're like, okay, cool. And so now we're kind of like running into the collision of that, of like Amon and Kanto and that crew coming to kill Casper for whatever future he might hold. And then Casper and his crew not knowing what's going on and just trying to figure more about his life. It just continues to be like a really good book. I, you know, I have some like qualms about a Tom Taylor series every now and again, but this has continued to like be consistently good throughout. It really ramps up the action. Like it feels impactful. Like the characters are really interesting. The art is beautiful. I'm so glad the title is back. I think everyone should be reading it. I think everyone should go and pick it up. What would you rate this issue? Oh, I would rate it a four out of five for sure. Okay. For sure. For sure. Pick it up, guys. And then next up, we have another. You know, Tom Taylor kind of owns a lot of these Wednesdays. Now that I think about it, he's writing a lot of. He's got stuff. a lot of books out. He's got a lot of books out. <laughs> yeah. This next one is Nightwing number eighty-eight, and this comes from him and Bruno Redondo. Take it away. Is Nightwing yes. that interesting yet? Yes, he is. Per usual, Nightwing is killing it in his book. And uh, this issue starts with him um, going and uh, coming back from a rescue. And unfortunately, he goes back into his apartment and, like, Barbara's there. <laughs> because, like, well, I guess they're, did. like, dating for real. Yeah, unfortunately, like, they really ramping this thing up. But whatever. Um, but uh, she tells him that, you know, there is this like hit out on him, but not uh, Nightwing. It's on Dick Grayson because he did go on national TV or at least uh, out in Bloodhaven um, and say that he was going to be uh, like revitalizing Bloodhaven. I have all this money. I want to like change everything. So he's got a hit out on him from mobsters. It turns out this hit is from Blockbuster, um, who people probably may have seen in Young Justice or uh, in any other... No, he's I don't a, know why when you just said Blockbuster, I immediately thought of the <laughs> the store. I was the like, store? <laughs> I was like, wait, why is Blockbuster? What do you they mean? They definitely don't even there? have those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think there is a Blockbuster anymore. Um, but yeah, so he has his head out on him and uh, actually what ends up happening while he's about to like break ground where previously a bunch of these kids were like their parents were getting killed by this guy named the heartless who was like ripping out hearts from people. They set up this like camp there. So what uh, Dick is doing is he's turning this entire area into like a place for them, but he wants it to be for them and by them. So they're all, the kids are there with them and they're about to like uh, break ground on this thing and there's about to be you see the shot about to come and yeah. it goes off, but who stops the shot? Starfire. And oh, wow. uh, Starfire and Donna both stop the sniper. Uh, the sniper's Donna. name was Gun Bunny. Yeah. And it turns out there was an entire hit of people, a hit squad out there who were going to attack Dick Grayson from Blockbuster. And the entire Titans team shows up and helps him out. 
um, and they take down back. They go up to Blockbuster. Starfire stands in front of him and is like, you know, don't bother Dick. He's protected by the Titans. If you've got a problem, you can hand to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, so it was a nice like catch up with the Titans. It really just reminds you that like Dick knows everybody and is like really cool with everybody. Mister Terrific was in the ep- in this as well. They felt like they needed to. Um, when they saved him from getting shot by the sniper, Wally mm-hmm. took Dick and like ran super fast to Mr. Terrific and told him like, you need to be suited up as Nightwing and we made you this new suit. And it explained, that's basically them explaining why Nightwing, he's got a new suit in this cost, in this issue. Mm-hmm. Now he's got the blue that goes all the way down to the fingers instead of Ooh. just like this. Nightwing does have a hot suit though. Yeah, he does. He's got a, a really dope suit. He's uh, really like the the mold for that, like you know, street level person with that like ninja stuff. Sleek black, just like the blue yeah. one. Even like the original. Well, no, the original one was kind of flashy. Very light blue. Had the yellow on it. Yeah, with the yellow. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind some like the little yellow elements coming back into it to like spice up the mm. costume. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, beautiful issue, Bruno Redondo. Um, the issue ends by one of the snipers being caught by the heartless person mm-hmm. they wanted to find out who they were working for. They find they're working for Blockbuster, and the heartless kills the sniper and rips his heart out. So I'm assuming eventually Nightwing and the heartless are going to be coming head to head eventually. So that's what we're building okay. towards. The next issue, it looks like Superman. Uh, but it's John Kent, Superman, is going mm. to be making a, an appearance. Um, so yeah. Do um, do do Starfire <clears throat> and Batgirl say anything to each other? Are they like doing that love triangle? Yeah, they talk. No, but it wasn't a love triangle. It was like they were just talking to each other about like the mission. Oh. It was like it was nothing. They aren't doing like a love triangle. There wasn't any kind of like animosity between them. There wasn't any even kind of flirtation between Nightwing and Starfire. I know. I know. What? I know. That's not hot. (laughs) I know. Okay. Well, good for them. I always like when the Titans show up. I do, again, I'm a Titans purist. So. Mm -hmm. I do love all of those relationships and what they do and like when they get together like donna and dick used to be like very very close back in the day um yeah. so i always kind of love when they like re-jump and pop back and up. it was so all they, of them it was it was wally beast boy cyborg the whole crew really cyborg. um great sp- yeah he was there too why was cyborg there? he wasn't a titan all oh, right well, in this he was. <laughs> okay. They said we're going to have this splash page of all of them together. And Cyborg will be there. <laughs> so. Uh, okay. Well, shout out to him. You know, I know the people miss it. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah, overall, uh, I would give this a four out of five. Um, I prefer to have Nightwing in Bloodhaven and not in Gotham, like mm-hmm. running around with Batman and all of them. I like when he's off doing his own thing. They're really establishing how like great of a person that Dick is with him trying to like give his money and stuff away and help the people. And like I said, I love a good Titans cameo. Starfire looked really good in this. So, you know, that's my girl. 
That is always a plus. Okay. Next up, we have Nubia and the Amazons number four. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't get a chance to read this yet. Do you know how oh, no. this was? I think I still have like... Yeah, it was a... It was a long, it was a really long week for this one. Um, and you get to miss out on, on the, well, when you get a chance to finally get to reading it, you'll see that this issue took place in Chicago. Oh, so, okay. Um, well, well, tell, no, tell, tell me what shout happened. Shout out to my tell hometown. Me. I want to be excited. Okay, so, so this issue opens with there being like this assembly with all of the um, Amazons talking to Nubia about how, how are we going to handle this whole Andromeda and Medusa situation. Uh, one Amazon is like, she feels as though like we should have been better at protecting the door, like we're not doing a great job at it. And uh, Philippus is like, watch your mouth, girl, because um, <laughs> <laughs> Nubia used to be the one before back in the door, and so they have a whole like beef. And then we get these flashbacks of um, Nubia in Chicago. And at the field at the field museum, shout out to that. I used to go there back when I lived there, especially when I was younger. Um, and like this random creature, I forget what it's called. That's like, it's got a, it's a lion with a scorpion tail and like wings, um, a manticore. Mm. It's like this creature, like comes, it comes in there and attacks. Anubia shows up and she rescues this, um, black woman and her class from this manticore. And then they end up like walking home together. And it's like showing this relationship between Nubia and this black girl, like back in the past, I think. Okay, they gave her it a black like girlfriend it. after all. Yeah, she does. So she does have a black girlfriend, and it's like this girl. I it, from the way that it looks, it looks like this took place like when she took a break from the death's door, so before mm-hmm. she was queen. Um, okay. so this is like giving a bit more of her backstory there. Um, and yeah, so then we find out that um that Nubia is going off to go do more preparing for Medusa because she feels like she's going to go and go through door uh, Doom's door. Sorry, Doom's door. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of hard to say. Um, so <laughs> she finally gets the, she gets this weapon, which I think is really dope. Um, y'all know I love a staff. And Nubia gets this specially made weapon that is both a staff and it like collapses into a whip. Like okay. um, she could use it. It's like a whip and she can straighten it like a staff and she talks about how like it's balanced because you can do both i think it's dope um definitely i think it's really cool that they gave her her own weapon that separates yeah. her from the other the amazons um so yeah then she goes through doom's door uh because she's of course going to go get medusa and she fights these harpies she like does a superhero landing in there mm-hmm. i will say again like Medusa's, I mean, not Medusa. Um, Nubia, like, is kind of perfect. <laughs> like, she doesn't have any kind of flaw. <laughs> um, but she, like, fights these harpies and beats them. Then she fights this, like, Hydra. She brings Medusa the only thing that she wants, and that's, like, her old head. And, mm. um, like, she wants her to free drop her. So, yeah, I guess in the next issue, we're going to see what Medusa's going to be doing with his head and Okay. Stuff like that. So, okay. Come on, reforming Medusa. Yeah. What would you rate? Here, sick of this. Um, honestly, I would give this a a three point five out of five. Okay. Um, I do like, I do enjoy all of the backstory that they've been giving to Nubia. 
Um, again, I love that weapon that she got in this. Um, actually, I might give this a four. This is a, good, a lot better than, than I've been. <laughs> okay. <laughs> movie was kind of nasty. And like I said, characters like this, like, that's what one you thing I to. like is I want to see them do their thing. So, and she was beating ass in this. And, okay. um, and we, like I said, we got to see more of her personal life, like before, uh, with her, uh, when she used to guard Doom's door and kind of when she kind of left for a little bit and took a little escape. She fought that manticore. Get a friend and a black girlfriend. Um, so yeah, I did like this issue. I give it a four. Okay. All right. Shout out to Nubia. Everybody should pick yeah. that out. Um, next up on our list is we have a doc death of Doctor Strange tie-in, and that's with the X-Men and Black Knight from Simon Spurrier and Bob Quinn. Now I did get a chance to read this. Now let me tell you something really fast. I'm sorry to all the Black Knight fans out there. I did not find them interesting. Mm-mm. I went Black Knight got like a little mini series earlier this year, or excuse me, earlier last year, 2021, um, from Simon Spurrier, and it's on Marvel Unlimited if anybody would like to go check it out. But I read it, and like Dane Whitman is just not an interesting character to me. And I think the most interesting thing about him is that everybody else in the Marvel universe does not find him enjoyable. Like even in that mini series, he like comes to team up with the Avengers, and they're talking about him. Thor calls him a loser. And, like, Captain Marvel's kind of like, oh, I feel bad for him. They don't really care too much for him. But Steve is like, be nice. Um, And I feel like that was kind of continued here. I do like that this gave a little bit more about all the, like, other world stuff. Merlin, Mordred, which also popped up in that Black Knight miniseries. I think one thing that is really interesting about the X-Men and, like, this kind of Krakoa era is that a lot of them are introducing concepts, and other writers are also continuing to add to those concepts. Like, yeah, I know a lot of people say they probably would have liked some of this Otherworld stuff to be in Excalibur itself, but I also like that another writer gets to, like, kind of just put their own little spin or, like, add their own little part of the world into the book that, like, continues to expand it, and they're all playing with each other. It just makes the line feel a lot more cohesive, and, like, that's very nice that they do that. Um, I thought Bob's Quinn, Bob Quinn's art was really good on this, a lot stronger mm. than what he did on Way of X. I can feel like he kind of pushed himself to get like some of the magic stuff. The designs that he did for the characters were like creepy. I think his art has this kind of like I like cartoon this feel. Yeah, it's a little cartoony like Saturday morning, but like it works at the same time. I think the biggest takeaway from this issue is that we find out that Dane Whitman's daughter, who is also operating as the Black Knight, um, she's a mutant. Mm-hmm. And I think that. I think it's that one... <laughs> okay, so that's what I was about to say. But I'm gonna say I think that's a good thing. Like I think about mm. the past few years where the Fox Men were running rampant and the MCU was just getting started, and like mutants obviously took a little bit of a backseat in the line, and a lot of those characters who had been mutants started to be revealed as not to be mutants, like a Squirrel Girl. Um, you know, they always play with Franklin Richards, like Cloak and Dagger, they always kind of go back and forth with them. But I think a lot of those characters were, like, taken away. And I kind of like that they're reintroducing that back in. It's like, hey, we got all these random mutants. Mordred's a mutant. Um, This Black Knight girl's a mutant. Franklin's, once again, not a mutant. But, you know, they're popular. You know that's going to change. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and that they show that the mutants exist beyond just the X-Men and Krakoa. If you're going to continue to push them as, like, this line of people who can, like, be anywhere, then you really do have to put them everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was nice. Yeah. 
I thought the issue was okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think it was I okay. Spurrier's, I don't think Spurrier's for me. I didn't like the dialogue in a lot of this. Um, I appreciated this, the explanations for all of the different um, like magical items in this, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, so in this issue, like Black Knight is on this like throne. And it's made of all these like magical items, and like he talks about how the ebony sword is this uh, like I don't like that magical item. Did you like that they this? I don't know if it was kind of a retcon or something, but like they said that the ebony blade was made from I think the stone of the sword and the stone. I don't remember. Like I, I feel like maybe they said something about that in his mini series, but again, I didn't. I think what you said about Spurrier's di- dialogue is very spot on. I think he writes certain characters very well. I think he has a specific voice that mm. he uses for a lot of the characters, and it's very similar. Like, he himself is from the UK, so it's like, I feel like the accent kind of is on everybody in a lot of his work. But uh, it seemed like every person, every other line was, like, a, like, side comment. You know how someone would say, like, mm. oh, I can't go there. And then, like, underneath their breath, they'll be like, because X, Y, and Z is going to happen. It mm-hmm. seemed like every <laughs> every other line was that, where, like, Dane would say something, and then, like, he'd say, like, oh, Jack, you can't go and do that. And he mm-hmm. under his breath, he'd say something, like, something smart or something funny. And it's like, yeah. damn. <laughs> it's, very it's very quippy. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's also pretty consistent with a lot of his work that I've read. I think the characters that he writes well, he writes very well. But I think he, like you said, everything's very quippy. I think he gives the same voice to a lot of characters. His voice, mm-hmm. in particular. Uh, I, t- I tapped into this because Lorna was in it. And yes, you know. she really did too much in this. So, like, whatever. And yes. But then I also was hoping that there was going to be a little bit more of a of a a cool story of it. I thought it was going to be more of a team-up with the X-Men. But they, like, and instantly got changed into... Like yeah. monsters. This is this was more like a Black Knight story. This is a Black Knight story. I and thought it was like, going to be a team up. And Black Knight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the Black Knight fans. I'm sorry to the Dane Whitman fans who are coming in from the MCU. Mm-hmm. He's just. I'm sorry. Only I thing I like about him is that that was Exodus's homeboy back in the day, but then they they didn't even like each other. They fought and then they separated. So they were friends. Mm-hmm. But he picked Black Knight picked Cersei <laughs> over his friend. Okay. We've all been there. What would you rate? <laughs> uh I mean I give it a a three out of five. Okay. I would say maybe it's I make it two point five. All right, so we're gonna move on. And <laughs> that is to the Devil's Reign tie in villains for hire number one. I heard about this, but I didn't pick it up. Was it good? Should you I go back and pick it up? You didn't need to. No, you didn't need to. <laughs> so this book also I picked up because Taskmaster, you know, is another mm-hmm. favorite of mine. Um, Taskmaster had that really great mini, and I was thought that this was going to be like a trajectory into more appearances of him like that. That has not been the case <laughs> so far. Well, in Devil, actually, in Devil's Reign, the main series. Mm-hmm. When he was beating uh, Ben Riley Spider-Man's ass and threw him out that window, that was nice. But this okay. appearance for him in this mini, he didn't really like do too much. 
um, the Thunderbolts show up and they're trying to stop this. They show up at the Met Gala, um, which okay. I guess just happens to also be happening at the same time during Devil's Reign. I was about to say during um, Devil's Reign. <laughs> right. Well, that actually that actually feels accurate. They randomly show up uh, during the Met Gala to stop this these people called the Human Liberation Movement, mm-hmm. and it's these regular people who feel like, oh, these celebrities are spending so much money, people are starving, we want to like take back. And we're for the people, but then the Thunderbolts show up and stop them. And then and the Thunderbolts are Whiplash, Rhino, Electro, and this other character called Agony. What it looks like they're related to like Venom or something. I'm out. And and Taskmaster was the other member. And they end up like killing all of the the this movement of people who try to break up the Met Gala. And they go back to their headquarters and they're waiting to meet up with Kingpin but like they have like six pages of them all fighting each other because they're just sitting in a room like they (laughs) (laughs) I was like what they get get into this room and they're waiting to meet with Kingpin and I guess he's taking too long so one person starts to get up to leave and um, then they like all just start fighting each other and then Kingpin shows up and he tells them like relax don't fight each other like you guys are my new Thunderbolts. And then um, U.S. agent shows up at the end and he's, he says, I'm here to join the Thunderbolts. No, I don't like him. No, me neither. Well, I mean, I think, let me take that back. It's not that I dislike U.S. agent because, like, isn't that the point of him? Aren't you supposed to, like, dislike him? Yes, that is true. He's not so, a like, good person. He's not a good person. I think that's the point of him. Well, what would you rate this? I don't even know. <laughs> well, I don't even know. Maybe maybe I'd give it like a a 2.5 out of 5. Oh, okay. And y'all know I also, like, I'm a big, my favorite Spider-Man villain is Electro. But, like, mm-hmm. this was uh, Francine Fry, the female Electro, because I mm-hmm. think... I think Max died, but then they tried to bring him back, but it was after they had her, so, like, they kind of just kind of sticking with her. And, like, she doesn't have his kind of personality, where, like, you know, sometimes where they kind of change or retcon the character, they may still give that character, like, the personality of the other one. You know what I just realized? Every time you've been saying Electro is your favorite Spider-Man villain, I've been thinking about the Shocker. (laughs) Why? Because and I feel like because I've always been like, oh yeah, I really like Electro too, but I don't like Electro. I like Shocker. He's the okay. he's the he's the yellow and red one, right? Yes. Yeah. With the uh, his gauntlets give him the vibration powers. Yes, that's the one I like. Okay. Sorry, I just had that. I just had that realization. Like you. Okay. Because like once once you said like the female Electro, I was like, there's a female Electro, and then like it all clicked. It, it clicked. Okay. Yeah. They well, are not related with one another. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. But you know, I don't really go into the Spider Verse that often, so it's like forgive right. me for my ignorance. Well, they have a female Electro, um, and her name is Electro. She got her powers she because she kissed the other Electro, like while he was dying. It was weird. Yeah. Sounds weird. Um, 
And then like she does his I love his love Electro Max Electro because he doesn't give a fuck. Like he just is mm-hmm. trying to get money and he's just a villain to be a villain. And I appreciate villains like that. She is like deranged <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or like just kind of like flies off the cuff. Um, so I don't Electra. really like her. Excuse me. What? Okay. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I would give this issue a 2.5 out of 5. Okay. Well, all right, moving on, I guess. (laughs) The the next Devil's Reign tie in is X Men. This is from Jerry Duggan and Phil Noto. Now, this was like, this was the issue I thought was fine. Um, The villains, the villains for hire, the new Thunderbolts. They actually come to, like, the treehouse, and they're telling the X-Men, you know, this is public property. You got to go. Fisk is telling you, get out of here. They're, like, talking about it. Emma comes in. She's called some people so they can stay because it's now, like, a landmark. Um, We also learned the history of Elektra and Emma. I kind of breezed through that because that's how I did about this issue also. Elektra and Emma. Well, I liked it, so I ain't breezed none of it. (laughs) You would like it. It's got it my girls in it. in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And it like I like I like the story. You know, one thing I've always been missing is Electra going lethal. So this opens up with Electra slicing somebody's throat. And this old Electra, um, she doesn't do that anymore. She's a good girl now. She's literally leaving this soon. Electra number one hundred coming out in April, y'all. Check that out. Mm-hmm. Um so this opens up with her murdering someone and then you know kingpin is telling his assistant i have these he's got these two jobs give one to electra give one to emma i didn't know that emma was once you know a i think that just got introduced like this This is is like like a new thing that's being added to her history it makes sense it works she gets around yeah um, and I wasn't even also mad at the way that they presented her coming in and, and stopping the Thunderbolts from taking down the tree or like having any kind of issues by making it like a, it's basically an embassy now. Yeah. Um, but still makes me wonder if the X-Men are just going to operate out of that embassy or if they're going to like go someplace yeah. else. Um, the one thing I really appreciated about this, uh, this issue was the way that Duggan portrayed the differences in the way that the women all approached approached all the situations with like Emma being very political and you know backhanded and I'm going to work behind the scenes with something and Jean being presented with an issue and wanting to be complicit and just like let's just work with them you know let's all like kumbaya and my girl Lorna being there, like, I'm just here to kick it. <laughs> I'm here mm-hmm. to support the team. And that's what she did until you mess with me. And I did like her little, like, frisbee moment with U.S. agent and, like, throwing that back. And then even the part where he's, like, trying to attack, he's, like, telling the guards to attack and she's, like, holding them all magnetically closed. Like, mm-hmm. those, she had a, she had a nice trucks. little thing. I did also yeah. think someone, I saw someone make a joke on Twitter about the moment where she's flying at them and she's like do you think i mind going in the hole because she's obviously about to kill them and it's like that person don't know what she's talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that was I thought that was funny <laughs> she like yeah because electro uh francine electro shoots my girl yeah. and 
after she was trying to make peace, she said, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll give you your, your frisbee back. And she attacks my girl. And she's like, hold on now. I don't have no problem killing you. But of course, they don't know what that is. Of course. Do you think those um, those kind of things are ever gonna like start to leak out? Yes. I mean, they had the Avengers sitting in one. Yeah. <laughs> when they said to the hole, like I'll, somebody I'll, went. I read that. The X Men are not good at keeping their secrets. Mm. Or like someone's gonna like backstab somebody else and like tell people purposely. But whatever. Um, I think this issue also was an example of why I don't really care for Phil Noto's art. When he's like doing interiors, again, I think like when he does covers or like poster type of work, it's beautiful. He puts a lot of detail in it. I think a lot of times with his regular interior art, it tends to either feel rushed or incomplete a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment just, I shot up the team all together and I was like, ooh, <laughs> that yeah. looks like you did that <laughs> yesterday. Um, yeah. But I do, I, what I think, what I like about his art are the close up shots that he does mm-hmm. with characters. He really does great with like facial expressions and like the ticks in people's faces. And that's my thing. I feel like even his close up shots in this issue weren't really like hitting the way they usually do. And he's done that, like, and I'll give him that. I think a lot of times his close ups are really, really good. I don't know. Here, it, I think it was just kind of lacking all around. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe he's quick. He's I like the way that this story ended with a kingpin um, basically finding out that the X Men aren't leaving and. Um, they have now been turned into an embassy, so they can't, they don't have to leave. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, how about we tell some people about this murder that happened? Um, because he does not obviously like being played by Emma Frost. So it'll be interesting to see how this comebacks to bite her. I really love Fisk in charge. I will say that. I will say that also, it seems like these Devil Reign tie-ins are kind of giving the meat to the story that is lacking in the main Devil's Reign event, which is very similar to Civil War 2. Carol's event. You know, um, I was wondering if this event would have hit harder, in my opinion, if it was, like, uh, company-wide. I mm. feel like this is, because of the things that are happening in it, it's so big um, that Sure, the tie-ins are adding extra to it, but I feel like that's the purpose for these tie-ins versus the other ongoing issues that are happening right now, which will make you really feel the effect of what's happening in Devil's Reign. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if that would add more impact to it, because it seems like so, like, closed off from everybody else, even though major things are happening in it. Like, the Fantastic Four arrested. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you wouldn't know that unless you were reading it. Right. (laughs) So, Mm, I don't know. I feel you. Um, what would you rate this? I would give this a 3.5 out of 5. I really enjoy Lorna in it. I, The art was... There were some moments that I didn't really enjoy from it, but um, and but I do like the story. Okay. I would give this a 2.5. I thought it was fine, story-wise. Um, the art was not up to standard. It was cool. Lorna was hot. Shout out to her. Oh, wow. I didn't know you were... I, that's new. <laughs> you not shaded one of my faves. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Eternals number nine. <laughs> oh, I feel like this book hadn't been out for a while, too, when I was reading it. But mm-hmm. this was hot. Eternals continues to be a hot book. Yeah, you know what great. I'm saying? Um, 
Thanos is in Lemuria. He's tearing up the scene trying to get the Fastos. He does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he, he gets to him and, like, puts in the work. Um, you know, we see a lot of the Eternals trying to fight back. Athena deals with her lover who's turning into a deviant, so she has to kill him. Um, I thought the scene of, like, Thanos was about to kill him, but then realized that, like, I would be showing him mercy if he did it. He's like, I don't want people to think I'm merciful. And so he just, like, that leaves line. him. I was like, ooh, yes. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. Yes. And that then, makes me really uh, excited for Immortal X-Men. He's going to kill it on that book, for sure. Oh, man, it's Exodus. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I really won. <laughs> um, and then, we, you know, we continue on with that. Uh, we also have Druids, like, telling them that he has to come back. On the other side of it, once the Eternals have kind of figured everything out and got together, they say we need to figure out how to stop Thanos. We find out Fastos said that he is both Deviant and Eternal, and so we need to figure some stuff out there. Go, and we see Ajak and Makari, and they're talking about, like, the history and just going back to find some type of way to stop this young man. And to do that, they're going to have to go into the one sleeping celestial that the Avengers now hold their headquarters in which is probably leading up to this big summer event of the Avengers, the X-Men, and the Eternals all fighting. But this is a hot book. Yeah. Great book. Um, I've never been one to like the Avengers having a headquarters in the body of a Celestial. I think that's weird. Um, so mm. I am glad that it's kind of all coming to a head and maybe they can get a new base or something after <laughs> that because I do think that's really fucking weird to be just living <laughs> inside of a dead body. I mean, he gave them permission. <laughs> I guess. That still don't mean you got to do it. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's something different. I just, you know, what else? What else? Um, Thanos is hot. I think he's like, I think Thanos is like a villain who I've always kind of appreciated. Obviously, he brings like the drama, but I feel like this is like really giving like some weight to the character that he, I, I personally just haven't seen in stories I've read of him in or... Um, Maybe he just doesn't have it. If he, if it's somewhere else, please point me that way. But like I think right well, now, I'm a, co- this is I'm a cosmic girl, so like he has definitely like always kind of had this in charisma from Infinity War onto like all of his appearances out in in space. I think my biggest fear for him would be anyone kind of like not being able to carry his charisma if that makes mm-hmm. sense because he has been so like larger than life and he brings the drama. And so consistently well that like you'd never want anyone to kind of like falter with that. But Kieran has been doing a fantastic job at like carrying that torch with the actually I would probably say he's been bringing back the ruthlessness of Thanos. I think for a while, um, especially back in like the 80s and 90s, maybe a little bit in the early 2000s, Thanos was a lot more like sanitized. No, he was vicious. I feel like he um, became more sanitized um, post MCU, um, mostly mostly because like he's fighting Avengers, so you can't really kill them. So you know what I mean? Like you can't really do too much out there. But now with Thanos becoming Prime Eternal and the Eternals can die, he's able to really like bring back that kind of Mm -hmm. everyone will kneel before me kind of thing. Yeah. I'm into it. It's yeah. What would you rate this? Um, I would give this issue a four out of five. Maybe a four point five out of five. I agree. 
four. I give it a four out of five. It's really good. I'm really excited yeah. to see like what goes on next, and um, I'm just really getting to love all of these Eternals and like enjoying getting to know them as well. It's hot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And before we get into the last book of the week, you know, I do want to give a couple of quick shouts. Again, this was like a super huge week comic book wise. So it's like, you know, Phoenix and Song number four was out. That book's still not that good, though. Uh, Moon Knight number <laughs> seven was out. It's I don't like Tiger. She's got to go. She is betraying Mark for Black Panther. Every she's like watching See, him like a, this, she's like she's she gotta go. She's never been my girl. Um, Catwoman thirty nine was out this week. This starts the new run from Teeny Howard and Nico Leon as the new creative team. Um, Black Manta number five, Aquaman the Becoming number five were also out. Defenders number five. It was a lot of fifth issues popping up. And Avengers fifty two also came out. I think people should kind of get back into that. I'm not gonna lie, I've become an Avengers like enthusiast of Jason Aaron's run. It's really good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's because of all the mess. I feel like if I had more faves and he was just doing, you know, dumb like, superhero shit up there, I would be into it. But none of my faves are there. Um, also, the biggest number one that I can talk about this week is She Hope number one came out and Rainbow Rowell um, really knocked it out of the park with that book. Like, it is just everything that you envisioned in She Hope. Were you ever into Sex in the City? No. Okay, well, Sex in the City kind of has like, <laughs> Sorry. it's Ruba, it's Ruba. I, I, I know I've like watched. That's because that's kind of like that's kind of like a vibe that She-Hulk books used to give a little bit, like a little Sex in the City. But basically, it's having like its reboot series right now, and it's called And Just Like That, where it's like hitting the next part of the women's lives, and like that is what I equate the She-Hulk number one to. Is like just like that. It is really kind of like recentering her life. It puts her back in the old apartment that Jan gave her. We see Jan in it. Like Titania shows up and they have a quick fight. And She Hulk is like, Why are we still fighting? She's like, You got your husband, you got a house, you're happy. Like, who cares about all of that? She's like, But I actually enjoy fighting you too. Let's just meet up every now and again, duke it out, and then go our separate ways. Well, got it. Yeah, and Mary's like, cool. It's just like, please, like, if you have ever wanted to get into She-Hulk, you want to know anything about She-Hulk, you just want to experience her for the first time, please go and pick that up. It was, like, such a good book. It was so heartwarming. I actually got a little emotional, not going to lie. Oh, yeah, your girl's back. She's back! It's hot! She's back. (laughs) It's hot. Um, and with that, the last book on our list this week is The Ex Lives of Wolverine, number one, which starts off like the 10-week event that Wolverine is now having over in the X books. Um, the premise seems to be that he is going back in time to rescue Charles Xavier from Omega Red, who is also somehow traveling back in time to kill Xavier. Yes. Because it's he fun. found... because he found out that he like had some kind of adjustments to him that was secretly made by beast from X-Force about his car. I can never, I can never pronounce that. His carbonadium carbonadium. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, Carbonadium synthesizer. Yeah. Um, which that, that whole like data page talking about beast, um, being like (laughs) your job is you are the chef. Like, get it. like, I'm sorry. I know everybody hates Beast because he's like a horrible person, but I love it. I just think he is just like so fun. And, <laughs> Terrible. Like, it's just like he's just like we need to get this down. Like, I don't have time for the questions. I don't care about what you feel and how you feel about it. He's like, just do what I say. 
Thank you. Mm. Him and Brian. Like that with the <laughs> they got a power to back it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not just the mouth. Um, but yeah, I, this we see this whole like fight that happens with Wolverine in the past, and he's basically fighting this like I don't know how to pronounce uh, not pronounce I don't know how to like describe that he's able to just body jump other than just saying yeah. he's body jumping. Yeah, I mean that's really good. Like like, <laughs> he's like a parasite kind of body. Like Omega Red is this like parasite thing that's body jumping from people to people, and when he jumps to their body, they also gain his powers of like those tentacles. And he's trying to kill Xavier, um, and they're at the birth of Xavier, which we see also Cassandra, Cassandra actually, yeah, and how she was stillborn, um, and how she was named, um, and basically we see Wolverine is being sent back into the past. This is basically his Days of Future Past, kinda. Mm-hmm. Um, A little Terminator yeah, mixed it. in. We have, yeah. It was definitely, it was definitely fun. Um, yeah, I think Kasara's I like fantastic. Kasara's art is amazing. I really like. I've said multiple times. I really like Percy's Wolverine. I do think he's a little over dramatic sometimes, to the point where it's like, girl, shut up. Yeah. But he was talking about it works a lot of this. <laughs> yes, um, but it works for Logan. Uh, I don't necessarily know. I don't feel a reason yet why this needed to be like its own event. I feel like if you've been reading both Wolverine and X-Force, you kind of know what's going on, especially even like when Omega Red goes back to Russia and we run into Mikhail. We know that's been a story that's going on. And it just feels kind of more like Wolverine number 32. 22. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, this could have been, I wonder if this could have been a crossover between just Wolverine and X-Force. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those two books a thing it's it's like but we'll see um it's 10 weeks so we're gonna be talking i about mean but I mean, when you think when you honestly think about it from like the marketing standpoint aren't they get, aren't, isn't, isn't x-force getting its own number new number one after this no it's continuing no oh it's continuing mm-hmm. yeah marauders no marauders is getting a new number one X-Force New Mutants are just continuing their numbering. Excalibur turned into Knights of X. Way of X turned into Legion of X. And then mm. Immortal and X-Men Red. Hmm. Oh, well, they never mind. They could have just kept it going. They could, <laughs> this could have usually <laughs> yeah. just been this could have usually just been an arc between those two books. But again, from the marketing standpoint, it's Wolverine. You're going to push what works. It's X-Office cool. need, that, need that money. Okay, and we'll and bring brings in the money. <laughs> have you have you seen have you seen that meme? It's like the uh, people in jail, and she's like, "I can fight with nails." And somebody was like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. it was like this is Wolverine." <laughs> oh, oh. It's it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, again, I think if you're a big fan of Wolverine, you'll probably love this. I think if you're not, or you're not following with either of those two stories, then you might be a little bit confused. But um. It's cool. I mean, I I know what's this is X Lives. Next is F Decks, or, or is this X Deaths? This, uh, this was X Lives, and, and next is X Deaths, and an alternate. And I think X Deaths is going to deal with like some of the more of a stuff that happened in Inferno. 
Yeah, I saw some of the preview pages of her like running away, and it shows like literally the exact moment after her going through that gate and running mm-hmm. and trying to get away from Mystique, who she just assumed would be right behind her. Because I know I would have been. Sorry. Would you have been? If I feel oh, like Mystique was like, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna cut up with Destiny for a little bit, and I'm gonna go, nah. <laughs> then I'll rest up and I'll come after her. I'd be like, no, I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, you're trying you're, you're trying to create a cure that, like, destroys mutant kind or, like, stops us. Mm-hmm. And we've already, we've already burned you alive once. You think we want to do it again? Yeah. All right, whatever. What would you rate this issue? I would give it a four out of five. I am intrigued by the story. Sure, it could have been just another Wolverine issue, but Wolverine's great, so I liked it. I think um, I think Percy has a really great voice, Wolverine, um, and Kassar's art is like he's one of my favorite new artists uh, that has been coming out in these last few years. He's great. So, I agree. Yeah, four out of five for me. Wolverine is great, so I too will give it a four out of five. Mm. And those are our books of the week. So let's go ahead, take a little break, and then we'll come back. Well, let's do it. Just sit back in. <laughs> do you know, I actually, um, I, when you told me that you were going to do this panel, I went to go Google Korvac because I was thinking of the bird Shi'ar guy that Rachel Summers dated during Ed Baker's Uncanny X-Men run. Oh, who had that Phoenix Blade sword thing? Yeah, yeah. But apparently... I forgot his name. I think it was Korvac. I could have just made that up. But I feel like it was something with a K. Um, but apparently this is something completely different. Yes. Um, so welcome back, everybody, to another relaunch. We're here for the panel section. And this uh, episode, I wanted to do a close-up character of one of my favorite villains who only gets brought back around every so now and then, and that is Michael Korvac, uh, better known as just Korvac. So, um, I didn't even know his name was Michael. I guess I didn't get far enough into the Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> his name his name is Michael Korvac. So Michael is the kind of villain that, you know, I love a, like, I'm here to about the business. And, like, I want to, like, get some stuff done. Okay. Um, and that is, that's who Korvac ended up becoming later in his story. But his story actually starts off kind of, I don't know, tragically. You tell me. So I'll give you a little backstory. The Michael Korvac was, like, the scientist back in the year, like, 3007. And... Uh, do you know who the Badoon are? They're like these like lizard alien people. Is that like in oh. Marvel? Yeah. No. Anyway, Maybe there's this, <laughs> you probably see them. There's like there's like this alien species called the Badoon. They're like these like lizardy kind of alien creatures. They like um, are taking over the soul system, and they okay. get to they get to Earth. And they get ready to take it over. And you know how in TV shows, like in Castlevania, there was always like one human who actually also turned on the humans and hoped the bad guys, like Hector. Yes. That's what Michael Korvac did. <laughs> so the oh. Badoon, the Badoon came in, they like took over 
and infiltrated and took over and he decided to join them like when okay. it was, when it was time to like help earth he decided to say no he said fuck earth and he helped the bad guys mm. it was he says it was because his like superiors at the time like they never recognized his genius mm. and they didn't like you know give him his props so when the bad guys came he helped the bad guys and the Badoon told them they were going to make him like this big minister of science for them and blah, blah, blah. So he joins the bad guys. Um, he gets caught sleeping at his desk. And the Badoon say that no one is allowed to sleep. You don't deserve to even be a human. Like, we hate humanity. And they like oh, okay. <laughs> they torture him and turn him into basically a cyborg. They tie his lower half. They connect his upper body to, like, this, like, machine and effectively just make him, like, a cyborg. So he's only this, like, box from the waist down and from the waist oh. up. It's, like, like cyborg thing. Yeah. He's got one okay. eye. Yeah. Really crazy That's stuff. karma. <laughs> right? She so, works quick. Uh, don't she? And, you know, sometimes it's probably best not to, like, help the alien creatures, which I understand, you know, back against the wall some things you may have to just have to join up with, but... Hey. He's a cyborg now. He's a cyborg now. Does he get, like, powers from being a cyborg? Does he, like, transform, shoot blast, things like that? Yeah, so once he gets his cyborg... Once he only has, like, an upper body, he is... Gains these abilities to, like, learn energy, basically, like, and analyze stuff. Like, he can analyze anything because he's, like, a cyborg. So, um... After he becomes a cyborg, there's the guy, the collector. Um, was it the collector or was it the grandmaster? No, it was the grandmaster. The grandmaster is this like elder of the universe, mm-hmm. big cosmic mm-hmm. being. He's the one who does the like um, contest of champions. Yes. And he had this contest of champions okay. where he had uh, <laughs> Dr. Yeah, it's fun sometimes. It makes a good game. I wish yeah. that they would make that like a real fighting game. There was like, one um there was one contest of champions back in the day in the nineties that Jesse Bedlam was in with Oh, okay. With X Force. They beat they were fighting Iron Man. And of course, like Iron Man is kind of trouncing them and then Bedlam beats him by himself. Oh dope. Okay. It's really cute. Betsy's also in it. She uh teams up with Iron Man later on in the run to like free the other heroes and she gets this weird like bone armor because she kills some alien and starts to wear it. It's See, some contest chances sometimes get to get a little too wild. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still fun. They can bring it back. Um, but yeah, so Grandmaster is doing the contest of champions. He ends up teleporting um, Korvac to the contest of champions, and he fights Doctor Strange. And during this fight, he loses. Now, Korvac likes to tell the story that he lost on purpose. From what I was, when I read it, like, it looked like he got his ass beat. <laughs> but he says that he lost on purpose because he wanted to analyze, like, the Grandmaster's power. Mm-hmm. And once he analyzed the Grandmaster's power, he, like, learned all this, like, infinite knowledge and could, like, teleport himself. Mm-hmm. So um, he started teleporting himself and, like, recruited this uh, group of people he called the, um, what do you call them? The Minions of Menace, <laughs> which he like recruited all these aliens for his like his own like minions and stuff. And he wanted to, with his new analyzing powers and with his new knowledge that he gained from the Grandmaster, he wanted to blow up the sun 
and used the energy that was going to happen from that explosion to transfer it to himself because he was able to like absorb energy now from his new abilities um, okay. and become like super crazy. powerful. Yeah, because he wanted revenge. His whole thing has been like revenge. He wants to be gain power to get revenge against the Badoon who like changed him from the beginning. He like oh. wanted to get more powerful so no one could do that. Okay. Um, so he doesn't end up being able to blow up the sun because the Guardians of the Galaxy actually stop him. Um, and the Guardians of the Galaxy plus Thor, uh, the, the Guardians like found him out in space. It looked just like what they probably took inspiration from in, I think it was Infinity War when they found him in the ship mm. floating like in the MCU. I forget which movie it was where he was like floating, but you see this in the comic where he's like floating out in space and the Guardians, he like lands yeah. on their ship. Guardians bring him in. It's mm. pretty cool to see that. Um, <clears throat> but they end up beating Korvac. Korvac teleports himself away at the last minute because he gained those teleportation powers earlier. And where does he end up? But on Galactus's ship. Now, if you remember what I said, he gained all this knowledge. He gained the ability to absorb energy and like cosmic energy from with the Grandmaster if he analyzed that. Once he ended up on Galactus's ship, he absorbed Galactus's like power cosmic that like powers his ship, and that ended up creating him into this like energy being of vast power. He mm. and this is where your one... interest comes in. This is where the this is where it comes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so he becomes this like big energy being, and he is able to basically like cosmically manipulate reality basically he changes his body himself a more humanoid body so it's no longer just like you know a box from the waist down um and he goes by michael and he wants he no longer is like fueled by revenge against the badoon what he wants to do now is like become a god he's like i have all this power now with the power cosmic i think that i should be a god and i could like change the universe the way i see fit so he love an egomaniac you know i love it <laughs> especially a powerful one um so he leaves and he flees back to this is still like happening in the future he goes back to like our present and mm -hmm. just kind of like sit and waits and there's this character called starhawk who i'm not that like familiar with but i guess in the mcu he was played by sylvester stallone I didn't know he was. I didn't even know that was. Oh, there, but... he was one of the um. Uh, what are their names? Ravagers. Yes, I don't know. I was about to yes. reverse the Ravagers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like Starhawk, I guess was one of the Ravagers in the movie, and I think in the comics he was a part of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians. So the Guardians of the Galaxy team that was like back in the day, the '90s and all that. It was. All those Ravagers characters. So, like Yondu, Starhawk, and all of them. Yes. So, this Starhawk guy, I guess, is like cosmically aware or something like that. So, like, he was aware of Korvac, like, gaining all this power. So, Korvac um, felt that if he, if all of the really powerful beings out there, Odin, um, the Phoenix Force, any of these kind of like powerful things, if they don't, know that he's out there and like leave him alone he can like kind of sort of shift reality on his own without getting like any interference so that was his plan so he 
once Earth was going to try to hide it out, Starhawk, of course, with his powers, found out about him, tried to fight him. They have this, like, crazy cosmic fight, and Korvac wins. Not only does he destroy Starhawk atom by atom, he rebuilds him and removes the part of him that would ever recognize Korvac. So, like, Ooh. nothing about him would ever make him realize that he exists. So he's on Earth just, like, living his life. Nobody can really mm-hmm. recognize him or whatever. Um, <clears throat> the Guardians of the Galaxy from the year 3000 with, like, uh, the old Starhawk and um, Vance Astro, who is Vance Astrovic, like, the Justice version. So this yeah. is a different kind of story. I'm, I'm sure I've told that before in the previous episode that I talked about Justice. Go check that out, y'all. Um, but uh, that that Guardians of the Galaxy team shows up in our time, and they're like, hey, Avengers, we're looking for this Korvac person. We know that he's, like, traveled back to this time because Vance Astro started the Guardians of the Galaxy. So we think that Korvac is going back to this time to kill Vance, Vance. So, that he, so that he never starts the Guardians of the Galaxy, who he thinks is going to defeat him. Um, so they're like, okay, well, we can... We can figure something out. We can go and check on Vance and do everything to like keep him safe. Long story short, Vance was fine. Like that was never what Korvac was even doing. He was just planning his own thing. And um, the Collector shows up. Okay. You remember from another MCU character who was like, um, I think I forget, he was in the Guardians movie or a different Infinity War maybe. Uh, but he when they went and got the stone, the stone, yeah. Um, or the collector starts bringing the Avengers on his ship and he's like, you know, I'm trying to save you guys because, um, the first time I was collecting things is because I knew Thanos was coming. Now I'm collecting people because I feel there's some like crazy powerful thing coming and we, I need to rescue you guys before you get killed by him. And, uh, before he reveals who that is, he ends up getting killed himself. Mm. And he was killed by Korvac. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But Korvac killed him because he's just that powerful. And um, so Korvac is still, like, trying to get his own plan this entire time. He's got this, like, girl who he meets. She, like, falls in love with him just from one sight. Turns out that this girl is actually um, the Collector's daughter, Karina. She was also in the MCU. She is the girl who tried to touch the Power Stone in the Guardians and then, like, died. In the in the comics, she was actually going to be like she was supposed to betray Korvac because the collector created her to like defeat him basically, and she was supposed okay. to defeat defeat Korvac, but she didn't. She ended up falling in love with him, and they became like a couple. The Avengers end up finding Korvac because they like search all these homes, are looking for him, and they find this guy named Michael Korvac. And um, Starhawk is with them. And he's like, I don't even know who you guys are seeing. I don't know what you're talking about. And Korvac, like, freaks out. He's like, they know who I am. They're going to figure out that I'm Korvac. They have this crazy fight. And what happens? Korvac kills them all. The Avengers? (laughs) Yeah, he kills them all. Like, one by one. The last people that survived were Wonder Man, I think Black Panther, and uh, Captain America. But then they all got killed. Okay. Two. So after they after Korvac killed all of them, Karina was like, you know, I don't like that you were turned on the Avengers, you turned into an evil person. And he felt like he was losing her. So he ended up like 
committing suicide basically and killing himself and with his last bit of power he revived the avengers and uh brought them all back to life. okay okay he ends up like going off or whatever he's got all this power um he is later brought back around because he basically like lost all that power cosmic and now he's back to his like android form and okay. he wants to regain that power um, he recently just showed up in the current Iron Man run where he was on Earth again and just like described, disguised himself as this like random um, scientist who wanted to harness the power of lightning and give you mm-hmm. a bunch of energy. He presented this to Tony. Tony was like, okay, this sounds like a pretty good idea. Like, I can, I'll invest in it. But it ends up being like that guy was Korvac and he was trying to absorb the lightning from this lightning storm to power himself up again um mm, okay and he ends up being successful with that great story by the way i think um i definitely highly recommend it if you're a hellcat fan that's some great stuff was in there for her also moon dragon and um the original um the original human torches in it because it turns out that when horvac was brought back to life the people who like found his body basically and like put it back together were the same people who made the human, the original human torch. They like used older body parts of them. So Corvac okay. kind of looked at the original human torch as like his brother. Um, mm-hmm. Love and, a surprise sibling. Right? Even in the robots. They <laughs> even robots. Get Love a surprise sibling. <laughs> like, geez. But it was interesting that they kind of made the two of them kind of related esque in a way. Yeah. Or like, Kind of have they gave them this kind of bond with each other um so yeah korvac is currently in iron man trying to amass more power um and because he remembers what he was like when he was cosmically powered with the power cosmic mm-hmm. and he feels like if he can just get to galactus's ship again he can tap into some of that power okay. cosmic ship okay korvac is one of my favorite villains because he is a crazy robot thing that is he just wants to rule the world, and I think it gives the character someone to really like fight. Mm-hmm. He typically wins <laughs> because he's just that powerful. Um, yeah. But usually he like either outsmarted or something happens where he has to like kind of bounce. Who um, where would you like to see Corvac kind of like go and fight that puts him out of that normal element? Obviously, I'm sure he fights the Guardians a lot. He's up in space. He fights the Guardians, yeah. Now he's doing Iron Man. Like, where do you feel? Or who do you feel is powerful enough to kind of have him as a consistent threat? You know, um, there was a time where I would have said, like, oh, maybe the Guardians would have been cool again. Like, with Ewing's version of the Guardians, how it was this, like, rotating team of people. They could, like, have Korvac be this thing for him to go after. Yeah. Have Korvac be this thing for them to go after. Um, but personally, I think he would be a great, like like arc villain honestly for blue marvel i think that like mm-hmm. with with all of the science background that blue marvel has and like blue marvel is a good person i think that he would want to like i don't know reason with him or something i think that you could really tell a great story with the two of them against each yeah. other and like the way that korvac truly thinks that like he should have the power to change humanity and change like yeah. the world the universe honestly Okay. I mean, I'm into so that. I think that he would make... He's very... He's And the thing is, like, Blue Marvel needs someone. You know how we say on this show. Who they gonna fight? Who they gonna fight? 
she yeah. needs someone to fight and like anytime blue marvel shows up it's kind of like he's gonna if he uses his powers like <laughs> he's over. gonna win it's over period <laughs> and i would lie personally would love to see him and Korvac like go at it because Korvac is so like cosmically powered he can absorb energy he also has this like originally they gave him this like it was called the neural like energy beam that they had on his eye but now they just give him telepathy like it's that not always works yeah just just, just give it it's that easy. but Ooh, it's not telepathy. telekinesis like, is coming too hmm. basically <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't know about that one he already got enough power um, but I also appreciate that he like kind of levels up. Did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Kind of like Cell. Oh, I like Cell. He was fun. But he's like, you know, different forms. Like again, he has his one form, and the more he absorbs more energy, and he needs a lot of it to kind of like basically go to his next level. Okay. He does that, but the, for him to really tap into his like cosmic energy god form is he needs some power cosmic. Do you have a preferred design of him? Because I know you said he like kind of has the boxy android thing going, but then I guess he also has like this energy form. Is like which mm-hmm. ones do you kind of like draw to? Which one do you feel like more people will be looking at? I think I think more people would probably like his energy form. It looks cool. It's like a like galaxy kind of thing, you know. Ooh, I do love a galaxy print. You know what I mean? Like that galaxy kind of print and but he still has like like a human face and stuff. So like mm. and he has a regular human form too when he is like powered up and creates a human form from himself. Um, even though like ultimately he is just a cyborg. Um <laughs> so yeah, I think I think I do like his energy form. I would like for him when he does, because it seems like a lot of the things that we say on this show end up coming true. So when he does become a blue Marvel villain, I would mm-hmm. like for them to give him like a costume. The power of positive thinking. I truly I see. It. Honestly, if if it wasn't just like a, he should be like Blue Marvel's villain mm-hmm. in the Ultimates. Like I'd love to see like the mm. Ultimates because I know that you need a. Usually, whenever they have Korvac, he needs a team like fighting him. It's even okay. in Iron Man. Like Iron Man's got like a team of people. Misty Knight is in it, and a bunch of other characters. Like Misty there's a Knight. bunch. Of, What's she gonna yeah. do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the book, they. In the book, someone said that, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of like when people used to talk about Black Widow in the MCU and like Thanos coming. It's like she pulls out her guns. <laughs> like, girl, exactly. what like, are you here for? Um, and she does pull out her guns and shoots uh, some of Korvac's uh, minions in the kneecaps, which is kind of cool. But um, I think that like in the book. Iron Man was like, ask all these people. Like, we can't get too big because we don't want it to like alert. A lot of people, Korvac is back or whatever. We got to keep it quiet. But like, these were just the scragglers who weren't doing anything. It was like, no. Poor them. You know, I really wish they would kind of like do something else with the Daughters of the Dragon. I really enjoyed Misty and Colleen mm. when they're together and in that whole little element. But I don't know. It never really seems to stick for them. It doesn't, it doesn't like, I don't really think it pops with the people. Is it too I feel like they it? end up being... Yeah, no, I think that you could have a thing with like, you know, these two women. I think it just probably needs to be updated. Because I think it's something like Heroes for Hire that they always try and kind of jump back into. Or like when mm-hmm. they just team Luke and Danny up and it's like, yeah, it was great for the 70s or whenever it came out. But it's like now it just doesn't hit the same. I don't think people are interested in purchasing heroes to do work anymore. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted to see them do it, you know? That's a- 
I can see that. People ain't got no money. Well, I got money. I don't got no money to on a hero. That's always kind of like messed up. Can you imagine going around saving people? All right, $30. All right. <laughs> what if I ain't got it? It's like, well, <laughs> guess you're not going to Could you imagine being on the other side, though, and you're the hero, and it's like, I'm charging you the $100, and they're like, oh, well, can I Venmo you the rest? <laughs> 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 All I got is 20 Can I Venmo you the rest? Yeah, like, I'll take your phone instead. How about that? Okay, yeah. Or I'm just gonna put this cat back in the tree. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, truly. Um, that's interesting. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I like Corvac. Corvac is a great villain. I think the one thing I feel like that has been missing a lot in Marvel comics, in my opinion, has been the big superpowered villains. Um, it's wild that I've been having to read like an Iron Man book to really get that. Um, but a lot of the villains right now don't have no powers. They too like. There's some punks. I would rather have some 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 yeah some power back there. And quarterback I mean, is I a great think, one. I was about to say I think with villains like that sometimes you just also fall into the crux of like those really overpowered superheroes. Where it's like you said, it's like yes, the villains can always fight the teams of heroes, but it's also like how many times do you want to have them do that within a certain year or something mm-hmm. like that. So I do agree that someone like a Blue Marvel or maybe even like an Ultimates would be like a really good thing for Korvac because Korvac feels like either you're going to do a very slow, long burn with fighting him where it's like a lot of build up mm-hmm. into the big final battle with him or you're going to bring him up through a couple of times, but it's got to be against somebody who's like effectively knocking him back. Mm-hmm. And he got the power. Yeah, and he's got the power. He's a good and he got the Avengers like it wasn't nothing. <laughs> like so, I, mean, I I think that it'd be interesting Wonder to see Man. him up against like the Ultimates. Yeah. Um, has there been any signs of him lately? What's going on with that? Um, he's in. Like, a variant of him is in that Avengers Forever book, I think. Mm, that's a good thing. I don't think he's, like, a, I don't think he's a mainstay. And I don't even think it's, like, a version that is familiar to, like, the 616 version. Yeah. But I think, like, some kind of Simon Williams Wonder Man is over there. I guess we just wait until the MCU debut. Basically. Which is, like, should be coming, technically. So, I mean, they've circled the train around him, I feel like. Everything is, like sort of kind of connected and they run out of characters to add they're running out of characters and like visions like doing back in his separate thing and they can bring the brother in if they want to go that route um, we don't have to do that i mean that's not what his else they gonna do <laughs> that's his <laughs> <brother>. <laughs> that is not his brother he's that the <laughs> That's his brother, Simon and that Vision. My, that He's Uncle Simon. No. I don't know. You might need to accept Uncle Simon, and he used to fuck on the wife? No. <laughs> He's, I think I think one of the boys is, like, named after him. Is like his last name? I thought William. Yeah. William. Billy. But his name is Williams. Well, they're not going to name him Williams. But it was like a thing because that, I re- oh my god yes because I feel like I read that when we did our vision panel I went back and I read that like Vision and Scarlet Witch series and that was like the thing of why they were naming them because they wanted to make sure that he was also tied to like Simon because I think Simon was dead at the time 
and it was supposed to be the vision was like, oh, this was my brother, and like I want to remember him. He's a part of the family, so we're gonna name him William. Mm. I want to name him Simon. Now it will be creepy. He used to have sex huh. with his mother. <laughs> See, that's why that just gets so messy. Like we don't need none of that. But but that's what the people I mean, love. A good away that's, from that. That's the drama. That's the drama that we come for. Mm-mm. <laughs> that lady is bad news in everything that she ends up touching. <laughs> <laughs> <We're not friends. laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. So you like Korvac in Iron Man right now? Yes. Yes, I do, and I think that he's been uh, greatly written and. The art, fantastic. I do think it's probably approaching the final battle, and I don't okay. know what's going to happen like after with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I just saw the solicit for Iron Man 19, I guess, which is like in April, I think, and that'll be, I guess, they said is the like the final battle. So okay, all right. Well, everybody, you got time to get in the Corvac. Um, what That's are right what like so of all the like stuff you've read of him and you've kind of given us his history, which ones do you consider essential reading? Um, definitely, you have to read the Korvac saga, which is like the original stuff with him, and that is the Avengers one sixty seven through one seventy two, I think. Um, it's and it's an older stuff. It's back from in like the eighties, but uh, it's that's when it was hot. Some great stuff about. It was hot, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it is. The whole team was great. <laughs> you also get, uh, like, a lot of Cap and Iron Man fighting in that. Cap doesn't mm-hmm. like Iron Man at all. Iron Man is is still, like, posing as Iron Man and Tony, like, they're separate. So um, okay. that stuff is going on back then. Uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend the Korvac saga. And honestly, the Korvac, um, the most recent stuff with Korvac in Iron Man. I would recommend that as well. And that has been mm-hmm. Iron Man. I think it started, honestly, the whole run has been about him. He popped up at the end of issue one. So mm. pretty much starts there. I do remember that. You remember, I was reading that Iron Man book for a little bit because I wanted to get the Hellcat content, but it just wasn't for me. I'm just not an Iron Man fan. Oh, me neither. But I like, um, I can read it if it's, if the writing is good. Like, if they're, like, I feel like Iron Man like. has a lot of like what you enjoy though. You like the machine stuff. You like the techie mm-hmm. stuff, You're the science. He's smart sometimes. Corvax in it. It mm-hmm. feels like it's like Iron Man. Yeah, he was like really annoying. I couldn't deal. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I like the fact that Hellcat was always calling him out on being annoying in it. Like she was, and then also yeah. they started doing like the little, like they started doing like hinting at them getting feelings for each other, and I was like, you know, I can't deal with yet another fave and her bad taste in men. Not right now. Yeah, I mean your face. They, <laughs> <laughs> they do not pick them well. Oh my gosh, I, was like, I just can't watch someone else self-destruct. But I'm glad that she's thriving in it nonetheless. So you guys should pick it up just for her if that. Check it out, y'all. Oh, you know what? Also, I do think that you should check out. Um, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes Season 2 Episode 6 There is an entire Michael Korvac episode It's titled I think it's called Korvac And They actually do A pretty good job Of like Kind of changing His story Um, They don't make him As like uh, Reality warping Kind of power They kind of just make him Cosmically powered And Instead of Being the Badoon Who uh, Changed him And he was the scientist They actually make him A Guy from Earth who mm. the Kree took 
and they experimented on him and like he became this like crazy cosmic villain. Um, now, do you think that would be like his MCU origin? Okay, that's what I was gonna say because I kind of do. Now <laughs> in the Marvels that's coming out, um, like Captain Marvel two, there have been like hints that that one guy is gonna be probably Blue Marvel, and um, mm-hmm. they haven't, but they haven't really said who the villain is gonna be, even though they cast her. And you know the Marvel MCU formula recently has been they will gender bend a villain from the comics, excuse mm-hmm. me, and like bring in someone like that. So I started to think that like. You know, one of the problems with Carol in the MCU is that she's too powerful now. Like, we saw you break up all them ships. You saw you fought Thanos. Who are you going to fight? So, like, she would need someone powerful. And I mm-hmm. think that if they adapted, like, the Earth's Mightiest Heroes version of Korvac into the MCU, I could totally see them doing something where, okay, we couldn't make a Captain Marvel. Let's try again. Mm. And we made Korvac. And they just, I don't know, said Michael is Michaela. Okay. <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know. Do you have a fan cast? Honestly, that's kind of what I want to happen. <laughs> because, oh, okay. because I would love it if they could... If, if I would love it if they used that synergy to make Korvac a Blue Marvel villain from that. Because I do okay. think that Blue Marvel is going to be in that movie somehow. And I would love it if they just took that and instead of making Korvac like a villain for Carol, because I think that he's way too powerful for her, (laughs) that uh, he should be fighting Blue Marvel. Okay. I'm into it. Like I said. I I, I see that kind of happening in the MCU, and I think Blue Marvel could use the the push. Okay. Well, everyone definitely go pick up those. You know, hope for some Korvac action in the MCU. Hope for some... Blue Marvel versus Korvac action in the MCU yes. and yes. just Marvel in general because we need more Blue Marvel content. Yeah, and check out that episode. Let I me mean, see what y'all think about that uh, animation and, yeah. like you said, more Blue Marvel content. Yeah, I've All actually right. never seen that cartoon though. I've heard really good things about it. Oh, maybe we should add that to like a rewatch, some like random episode or something. It's pretty I good. Like okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, y'all, let's take a little break and then we'll come right back. to your favorite part of the show the relaunch is now hopefully today mm, dang maybe i shouldn't use today's relaunch then because the last relaunch i feel like we did was very successful let's talk about it okay okay <laughs> okay you know let's talk last, about it i don't it. know if you guys remember our last relaunches mine was i wanted sam to be captain america again i wanted him to be working with president fist but like the main thing was that he was captain america again what has been announced since that relaunch has happened? Sam is coming back as Captain America in his own book this May. And I cannot wait. New what shield and all and of yours, Yes, yours you know, I brought up Electra. Electra, how I wanted her to, like, you know, uh, after this Daredevil thing was done, she was going to be more lethal again and get her name and all of that happening. And what was just announced? Electra number 100 coming out in April. She's turning back into the, my lethal assassin girl, fighting Typhoid Mary. 
Somebody's listening. I think she might still stick a little bit of Daredevil up in there. No. She's going to slice that girl's neck. Let's go about this week. Um, would you like to go first, or would you like me to see? Um, you know what? I'll go first. It's pretty quick. Okay. This character is someone that like I actually kind of enjoyed when I was. I used to read a lot of the Ultimate comics back when they were coming out. Um, especially Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, obviously when it started as Peter, I was a fan of that. Especially when it became about Miles. Um, I love that too. And one of the characters I was introducing it was Bombshell, and her name is um, Lana Baumgartner. She has this, I really don't like her jacket, but like, I like the rest of her costume (laughs) and she can like, she she can shoot these blasts of like explosions basically from her hands. And she was a villain in the ultimate universe. Her and her mom used to go around robbing banks. Um, But she was like, like the cute kind of villain where uh, her and Miles would kind of flirt with each other and um, stuff like that. And then when she got pulled over into the, 616 universe after secret wars now they have her basically like magically well not magic is comic book wreck mm-hmm. she goes to the same school as miles now and mm-hmm. they are both okay, okay. on the champion she's more of a hero now my relaunch for her is girl fuck all that noise we're going back to the streets and going to villains and i would turn her to become a new villain for miles and have her just mm-hmm. go back to mm-hmm. Uh, adding to his rogues gallery because the one thing that I think Miles always will need is characters of his own that aren't just like yeah. repeats of Peters or yeah. um or or the typical Spider-Man villains. You know, sure you can have the Sinister Six, but it's his like it's the same characters. I would love it if he starts to have some of his own rogues gallery. So like just bring Bombshell back around. If she's mm-hmm. in the six one six now, that's great. Um, so we can just keep the same character and just make her a villain again. Okay. There needs to be a lot more like, powerful villains out there doing some stuff and like wreaking some havoc for the heroes to actually do something instead of fighting with each other all the time. So Definitely. I think that we need to start doing it. So go ahead and make Bombshell a villain. Okay, with Bombshell. I'm into it. And I always have right. her in the spider I probably have her like bounce around a little bit as like cameos everywhere, but I would have her be Miles's villain. Specifically. I'm into it, and I'm I'm also of the mind that he should have his own little rogues gallery that isn't just a repeat of Peter. So I like it. Um, yeah. okay, my relaunch this week is for the Hellions team. I have been doing a rewatch of the show Mindhunter on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen it, um, but it's basically about you know how they create the FBI creates the process of like profiling serial killers. And like how they act and like really get into their mindsets and so the hellions program over in the x camp was something that i really enjoyed i actually really like a team that has like kind of the villains or the tortured people reforming to do something good like a suicide squad a thunderbolts a freedom force that type of trope i'm really into that and i think it's something great i think for this one i would not have mr sinister in charge of it because he is a horrible person who does not need to be in charge of it but i would actually have miss marvel girl Jean Grey spearheading this mm. rope of the Hellions. I feel like for Jean, A, you need to get her away from her husband for a little while. And she is the type of character who is very sanctimonious. I think X-Men Red showed yeah. that she is someone who leads with love and she wants peace. And, you know, just like how you said earlier during X-Men Devil's Reign, she's the one who's a little bit complicit sometimes, you know? Um mm. 
And with that, I see Jean kind of taking this Hellions program and like mixing a little bit of that Mindhunter feel into it and having her really dealing with some of these people who have these villainous tendencies on Krakoa and like finding out what are the patterns and like why they do the things they do. And like she could take them with her to be out on a team and like doing outreach for mutants and trying to make them better people. And like also probably even looking for some other mutants who haven't come to Krakoa who are doing bad things and like really figuring out what makes people tick. I think Jane is the person who should kind of always be like the counselor a little bit. Like that's what she gives. The mom even. Okay. Um, okay, I like that. I don't. So have, instead of Sinister leading this team, you want um, Sinister basically using the Hellions to, to get whatever kind of missions he gets done. You have Jean coming in being holier than thou and telling exactly. people how to like live. Okay. Exactly. And I think and then I think you can even kind of expand what she does in that sense. Like I think of someone like Sink who was said to be depressed when he came back from his resurrection. Who's talking to the other mutants who are like that? I think of someone like Domino over in X Force. When she died, she was kinda of saying she wanted she didn't want to forget. She wanted those memories of that. Even Logan when he talks about the resurrection protocols and like how coming back from constant death can kinda of mess people up. Who's talking to these mutants who are dealing with that type of stuff? Who's overseeing the ones who are dealing with the stress and this people? PTSD of dying and coming back and like not handling things well. Who better to do that than Gene, the nosiest person on Krakoa? Yeah, yeah, T. You know, you. I, I think, of so I think that would be a great role for her. Um, I don't have like a full team set for her yet. I have a couple of like ideas of who I could see potentially being there. I think of someone like Toad who was just in the pit. You could even have her going down to the pit and dealing with those people. Um, I think of someone like Blink who was a part of Celine's Necrotia team of like all the mutants who like had had really horrible things happen to them. Although I'm not really sure if like the Blink that's around is the same Blink. I know there've been like some stuff going on with that. I don't know. Blink, Blink is uh, weird. I feel like they pull her from the exiles every now and then, but then it's not that yeah. one no more. I don't know. It's weird. Um, then I'll, even like Senyaka, who was another one who was a part of that team. Mero, I know you don't like Mero, but like she's obviously a mutant who's very messed up in the head. And I remember during that Simon Spurrier X-Force run, she like had a baby that she lost so she could get her powers back. Oh. Um, so, you know, that's something that some trauma she could be going through. And I think Miss Nosy Gray would be great for all of that stuff. Digging into people's traumas. Yeah. Yeah. And like it would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my relaunch for the Hallie. I would read it. Seeing her interact with all those different characters, I'd be into it. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Well, then that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcast. We really appreciate all the comments you guys have been sending over. Thank you so much. Um, you can find us um, on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can find us, you can email us any questions you have or any comments, whatever you want to hear us talk about on the show at Another Relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at Kenny LP. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lights, and there's an underscore at the end. All right, y'all, let's get up out of here, and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace out.